I'm Jeff Gibson. And I'm Shanna Paxton. And we are the, the Movie, Movie Lovers. Lovers. Welcome. Hello. To the official podcast of the Gibson Review. This is our review episode, and when we review a movie... We like to make a sandwich. Sort of. <laughs> we start with the good. Talk about what were a film's strengths, what we liked about a movie. Then, maybe this is, I don't know, is this the middle of the sandwich for you? The bad? Talk about its weaknesses? Talk about what didn't work? What well, sucked about a movie? Well, this seems to be a negative sandwich. It's supposed to be a positive sandwich. Well, it starts with the good, then you have the bad. And, and then, then we should go into the spoiler bad, and then we should end with the spoiler good. Yeah. And, uh, then it's a positive uh -huh, sandwich. Yeah. Well, we, we first weigh whether or not the good outweighs the bad, as you know, because we've been doing this for six years. And then we give a score. No, no, apparently I totally messed this up. Apparently I know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> this is what two concussions will do to you. Uh -huh. Yeah. Two concussions you had three years ago. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe like when I get pregnant, it'll knock my brain back in gear or make me worse. I don't know. We'll have to find out. Maybe. So we weigh whether or not the, there's more. Uh, the good outweighs the bad. Then give a score to the film and then uh, talk spoilers and final thoughts. This episode, we will be reviewing Apple TV Plus's Tetris. So exciting. That was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. I played for five minutes. I still see falling blocks in my dreams. It's poetry, art and math, all working in magical synchronicity. It's, it's the perfect game. Tetris? Tetris. 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 I don't get it. It's a combination of Tetra, Greek for four, and tennis. Tennis. The Russian inventor, he likes tennis. Hazel. Yeah. This game isn't just addictive, it stays with you. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Hank, only ten other people in the world have seen what you're about to see. It's called the Game Boy. Package it with Tetris. Can you get us the rights? The Soviet Union had worldwide rights. Nothing gets out easily. I'm gonna go to Moscow. You're walking into a country that still considers America enemy numero uno. Okie dokie. You sure you don't have to talk to your wife about this first? Pioneers have to bet the house to win. But not literally. Listen. Have you ever heard our apartment this quiet before? This is the inventor of Tetris. Your game is brilliant. I'm gonna make you a millionaire. Mr. Rogers, have you ever negotiated with the Soviets? We're here for Tetris. We've seen this what do you say? I don't speak Russian. <laughs> the most powerful man in Communist Party is watching you and your family. Do you know where your husband is? What the hell is going on? The world is changing, and Soviet Union will not be left behind. You want to play with the big boys? This is how the world works. Where is my money? This is insane. We can't protect you. Sometimes you gotta forget the rules. Go, 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 go! 
This is criminal. Soviet Union is about to implode. They're lying. Everybody's lying. Go home. The cavalry is coming. We don't have time. I have a plan. Oh, come on. You guys are the kings of cliffhangers. Not the bad. And that was from the trailer to Tetris. We are reviewing this in case you can't tell by request from Shanna, even though the film is a month old and all the chatter has faded for the film. We are catching up with it and uh, and mostly because there's really not much else to talk about right now in the month. So, well, when I saw the trailer for this, I was like my jaw was on the ground. I couldn't believe that there was a Tetris movie and it just (laughs) looked amazing. And I have like a special fondness for Tetris, but go on. Yeah, well, I want to come back to that in one second. The only other thing we're talking about right now is Evil Dead Rise. Everybody's talking about it. Nope. Not for me. And not for you because you don't you don't play them that game. I just had to hear you talk about how gory it was last night. And then I suppose I had a nightmare about zombies and trees eating things they shouldn't. Yeah. So. Yeah, so uh, that's not for you, yeah. and that's not for me. So this is what we got, folks. <laughs> so, Shanna, uh, you actually were getting at exactly how I wanted to start this review. I want Before you talk about what was good about this film, um, which I actually I, I'm spacing. I'm, I'm so – you got me discombobbled that mm-hmm. I didn't even introduce what the film is really beyond its title – so this is Tetris. This is about the making of the game Tetris, how it came about. It stars Taryn Edgerton, Sophia Lebedeva, Rick Yu. We're totally, we're totally going to butcher this. No, no, I'm trying to find the ones I know. <laughs> Toby Jones, Rick Yoon, Nikita Efremov. Uh, who else was major in this? Oh, Robert Allum, Anthony Boyle. And what's another? The, see, IMDb has the names all jumbled up. It, it's really frustrating. So I can't. Even, it's hard to go by the the characters on here. Ayane Nagabuchi. That, I'll just leave it at that. How about that? So it is directed by John S. Baird. John S. Baird is someone who is known for the Stan and Ollie film, which we didn't see back in 2018. He's done some TV work here and there and, you know, a few films that a handful of films that maybe you haven't heard of before, like filth and Cass. Uh, so he, he's, uh, this is probably his biggest profile movie. I think it's fair to say it's written by Noah Pink, who is known for writing the scripts to, I don't know. Something called The Show, I guess? Uh, and not a lot else. He developed a show called Genius. Oh, okay. That show did a uh, season on Aretha Franklin, which is still sitting on our Hulu, my stuff, Great. to be watched. Great. You know? But anyway, so getting to the segment of the good, 
I wanted you to talk about your history with Tetris. Why is it that you cared so much that when you saw a trailer of this movie, your jaw hit the floor, you were really excited. Tell us where all about your fandom and what your thoughts were about what worked in this movie. Well, if you recall the last episode that we did, favorite TV, oh, previous episode, previous, previous episode we did was favorite TV shows. And I spoke about how I found it difficult to connect with my parents when I was younger. It was just difficult to do. Hmm. And Tetris was something that helped. So I saw my dad, we had just gotten the, which Nintendo is it with the maroon and cream? Oh, I think you're talking about, I think you're talking about the Super Nintendo. So we had one of those and I got up late one night to go to the bathroom and I saw my dad in the glow of the TV light with the controller. I was like, how come you get to stay up late? And I went over to him and I I said it exactly like that. And he said, well, come on then. And so we got to play together. We played Tetris. But of course, you know, I was like five Mm. and I just kept dropping the pieces. Mm. And I'd be like, can we go again? Can we go again? (laughs) I'm pretty sure that drove my dad nuts. So he eventually taught me like, okay, it's like building a house. You can't have a tower of bricks. They're going to fall over Mm. and you can't have holes in your house. Mm. You're going to get leaks and nonsense coming through and so it was this really precious moment and i wish i knew what the time was because maybe it was just 9 p.m i don't know (laughs) like when you're five and you're told to go to bed at 9 p.m could feel like 2 a.m so i i wish that i knew what the time actually was but like that was special to me so any any time i play tetris i my first memory is with my dad and then as i got older we all played Tetris together, all four of us, or at least my mom and my brother and I. Do you have a favorite Tetris? Because there's a bunch of Tetris oh, games yeah. now. Yeah, my dad, when he went to Australia, he came back with PlayStation 1's Tetris Plus. Mm. And that's where you help a professor uh, get through different Tetris levels. Sometimes it's as easy as you just have to clear one line. Mm. And sometimes it's a little more complicated before like some sort of spinning spike doom death thing kills him. It's like the ceiling comes yeah, down yeah. and squishes him. So yeah. it's it's a very fun game. I love it. Actually, let's go play it. I'm building Lego right now. So no, but I, I do love playing Tetris so, so very much. And so that's my my connection with it. Do you have any connection with Tetris at all? Other than being irritated by me playing it? I mean, well, okay. So to, just to clarify that point, what it is is you're so good at it that I can't play against you because I don't stand a chance. Like your hand-eye coordination is way better than mine is that you're able to get at least to level 13 before you're out of the game whereas for me it's somewhere between five and eight like i can't it just drops too fast so i i I just have no shot at playing with you in terms of my history with the game i don't have much of one i have memories of it being marketed i remember it being marketed with the game boy when the Mm -hmm. game boy came out but like we weren't allowed to have that stuff for the most part like Mm -hmm. Game Gear was a concession my parents eventually made after years of me having the Tiger Electronics 
um, mobile games where you have like one game and oh, it's yeah? not a cartridge thing. It's like this this LCD uh, thing, right? Yeah, so, I had like a couple Tetrises like that. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were a computer family. My dad was very sure, confident that computers were going to, uh, are, were and were going to continue to be better than platforms and i don't think my mom really wanted something plugged into the tv so Mm. it was not encouraged so i didn't have a history with any nintendo until i was an adult and even then like i was mostly a sony person until mm, the wii came out i think Mm. so it wasn't really until you came along that there was a lot more tetris in my life (laughs) you know with the tetris plus Mm. which coincidentally was on sony playstation one and yeah, we were able to find that at a secondhand store. Right. And then uh, we downloaded te- a, a version of Tetris on the PS3, which was a, a newer version, I imagine, at that time. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that's where you like to, that's your default, where you like to go if you want to play the game. Yeah. So, you know, you're much more of a puzzle gamer than I am. But I do enjoy it. I'm just not great at it like a lot of video games for me. So... You know, the joke is, the joke was for a long time when it came to video game adaptations, you know, the the joke was, how do they make a Tetris game with these blocks blocks. anthropomorphized blocks and stuff, you know, (laughs) and all they needed was the real story. Yeah. So that's and 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 so I want you to talk about that. Uh, What what was that like for you? It was pretty cool. I think at about age 16, 17. My cousins were over and this just this huge discussion or debate came about where it's like, what's Russia's biggest import? And like, you know, the first thing us naive kids thought of was like, oh, is it is it weapons? Is it teachers? Is it, we just we didn't know. Some and sort so, of agriculture even. Yeah. And so well, I didn't even think of that because South Africa, we have a lot, you know, growing up, there was a lot of agriculture taking care of itself um, mm. within the country. So my cousin said, no, it's Tetris, you idiots. And I'm like, I don't believe you. And then I went back and looked at my game. And then, you know, you see Russian landscapes uh. and I- iconic scenes in the in the different levels. So I found that really interesting. And then my computer nerd cousin went on and on about, you know, rights and things like that. And that was interesting. But, you know, I was 16 or whatever, so I wasn't that interested in listening to him. It went over your head. Yeah. I was like, whatever. So seeing the trailer to this and realizing, like, because I thought, oh, well, you know, are they going to do blocks? (laughs) Uh, how we imagine it is this going to be some kind of world uh is it going to be ridiculous but it was pretty serious and pretty funny at the same time mm. with what they did do so i really liked how they executed that concept Mm -hmm. i don't know we haven't really sat down and looked at well what was true what was not true about what they did in the movie we'll get to that okay cool but how it was presented to me, I enjoyed thoroughly. And, the, you know, I kind of had this car, this sort of Scott Pilgrim-esque uh, like effects to it where each time something major happened, it was like, oh, it's level one. And it showed like Well, it's more like bit. the acts of the story, right? Like, yeah. And then yeah. like level two and yeah. three and four. So I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And every now and again, if something happened, like if a car 
knocked into something. Yes. It like glitched into 8-bit and then back to realistic. So there were just these little hidden blockinesses to the movie. Little flourishes from the director. Which I thought was a lovely way to like make it not so serious Mm. about, you know, being stuck in Russia Mm. and and being frightened. The, The copyright idea alone was just fascinating how they went about explaining copyright to us. I I know a little bit about copyright because of my photography career, but seeing how they executed it and the way they did it, we can speak about it in spoilers, was a really wonderful idea. Mm. So I was really impressed with this film and I, I like it way more than faults i i can't really think of any faults really so let me share my thoughts on the film of what was good about it if i may i think that telling the story behind the scenes of the game is is, was a great idea because Mm -hmm. there because a those entire generations i probably have no idea Mm -hmm. b those who have some sort of an idea like myself Mm -hmm. there's a lot that i didn't know you know, and and I th- I'm sure there's a lot like me that there's a lot that this film tells that we had no idea about, mm-hmm. and and I think that the script is a really well written script uh, by Noah Pink. I think that it figures out how to deal with something that can be very dry, such as, as you mentioned, copyright issues and the legalities and the contracts and all this sort of stuff between companies and entities Mm -hmm. and and all this sort of stuff, figures out how to make it interesting and- And exciting. Thrilling, um, sometimes suspenseful too, right? And, 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 of course, you have the personal stakes involved with Taron Edgerton's character, Hank Rogers, who essentially bets his whole life on this game. Mm-hmm. And he stands to lose everything mm-hmm. with this not working out. But he's so confident about it, you know. So it's very well written. I think Taron Edgerton's great in it. Mm-hmm. I think he was the strength in Rocket Man, a movie I, I otherwise abhor. I think he was good in Kingsman film, mm-hmm. but now he's like definitely matured here into like full on family man adulthood kind of uh, age uh, I range. I didn't like, you know how sometimes when you don't see the actor, uh-huh. that's how I felt in this film. You did didn't you, recognize him? Not like I didn't recognize him, but, but he disappeared he in the disappeared. role. Ah. Like, did you experience that at all? To a small extent. I, I totally get what you mean because with it's something very simple, but with the mustache and stuff, he's able to disappear a little um, bit into the it. role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's great in this, and I think everybody involved is pretty great in this, and it does become life-threatening, and there's there's some players involved who, who I never heard of before that I kind of want to learn a little bit more about, and... And stuff like that. Um, you, you, however, said that you absolutely love this movie and you really didn't see any issues with it whatsoever, right? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't have any issues with it uh, other than it would have been cool to see it in a theater. 
Yeah, yeah. And I don't, is... I don't know if it's gonna go to print because it's Apple, right? And I'm like, I would actually like to buy this right now. Yeah, I know, I know. I hear you. It's, uh, it's uh, that side of things frustrating. There's minor quibbles I have. Very minor quibbles. One, it it pretend it acts like you should know who Robert Maxwell is, and is what Mirosoft is. Guy? Yeah. Okay. And I have no fucking clue. Who the, what this guy is known for and what his deal is. And it feels like you should know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because he the way he throws his weight around and the way his name is used, it feels like you should know who this guy is by name. And I don't uh, necessarily. Also, like, there's so much that happens in this film. Like, once you get to Russia, that's when things, like, start getting more intense. And that's great. That's a strength of the film. That's that's when yeah. things get really interesting. But like from then on, there's so much that happens that after a certain point, I start wondering like, okay, but how how much of this is accurate? And, well, sure. And so I, I have here, I want to read through this. And there's a section here on the Wikipedia page for this film. It says, in an interview prior to the film's release, Mm-hmm. The actual Hank Rogers said that both he and Alexei uh, Potinov reviewed the script and made suggestions. So they actually were contacted okay. by the screenwriter or whoever involved with the film uh, with a copy of the script to get some advice from them. Rogers noted, it is a Hollywood script. It's a movie. It's not about history. So a lot of what's in the movie never happened. Mm. It's uh, that end quote. There were events in the movie that did transpire in real life. For instance, Rogers notes that he did convince Nintendo to bundle Tetris in with the Game Boy at launch in place of Super Mario Land. Mm. Rogers also emphasized that the producers wanted to, quote, capture the darkness and the brooding, end quote, that he felt during his time trying to get the rights to Tetris in Soviet Russia. He continued, quote, they tried their best to accept our changes when they had to do with authenticity. But when it started getting into flourishes, like the car chase and all that, it was like, okay, now it's all them. We couldn't, (laughs) we couldn't change anything. Okay. So the things that feel very actiony Hollywoody. Yeah. Are actiony Hollywoody. And that starts, that makes sense to me because there's a particular character who I imagine is the KGB who I started to wonder after a certain point, okay, was this guy like, a fictional amalgam like was he like is he the fictional aspect of the whole story or what you know uh justin chain a a critic you like uh from the la times he criticized the casting of edgerton who's a welsh actor of english descent as rogers who is a of partial indonesian descent as whitewashing um and we don't really have to get into that too much because i remember in the movies specifically he says he says that he was born, gosh, was it Danish? And he, like, lived in New York or something? Like, he had multiple levels of, like, where who he is and where he's from, right? Yeah, European countries. Yeah, like... He was, he was born in... in he, he was born Danish or from uh, Danish-Polish. He, he was an American citizen... And then he lives in Tokyo or something like that, right? So, but you're saying I the s- Indonesian part isn't represented. 
I guess. Okay. I guess. So that is whitewashing. Yeah. Okay. I I I I I'm I well, I, damn. Uh, what's the word? That's I upsetting. hesitate to really get into that aspect of it because it's just it, it can get a little bit thorny. My my primary con- prim- primary concern is with mm-hmm. the authenticity of the script and the story that okay. we see. Well, I'm glad that uh, Justin Chang pointed that out. Mm. Uh, it's unfortunate that we weren't able to see someone that really represented the actual person. Mm. Especially seen as how they're partial Indonesian, and that would have been an opportunity. Mm. And that's apparently where the Dutch comes uh, comes in, because apparently there's there's Dutch uh, and Dutch. Indonesian. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Dutch um, influence in so Indonesia. So we've we've pointed it out thanks to Justin Chang. Yeah. Let's move on. But yeah, primarily the the script is is what I was concerned about, but it is a minor quibble for me, because I think. Sure. This film is so good. Mm-hmm. So for me, ultimately, the good outweighs the bad. I'm sad about the whitewashing. I wasn't aware of it. Mm. But I really did like the movie. Mm-hmm. So. What what would you give the film? How To what extent does the good <laughs> outweigh the bad? Well, now I don't know what to do because of that point yeah. that's just been discovered. Damn it. <laughs> That part really doesn't make me happy. Uh, I'm going to obsess for a bit. Come on, guys. Get it right. Mm. <laughs> so I guess I'll just I'll take it down. It's a 7 out of 10. Ooh. I would have given it higher. but oh Yeah, well. I know you would have. I know you would have. You know, it's still an 8 out of 10 for me. That's nice for you. You know, because, <laughs> like, I, I don't think... I think the... Issues that I have are very minor. The goal is to make, to tell the story, but to tell uh, a story in a, via an entertaining movie. And I think it accomplishes that on the whole. It's just, is probably a lot, the, the real story was probably a little more boring than what you actually see on screen. So I guess if you're taking into account the real story and... I guess the question is like, is it okay to Hollywood shine up things? I haven't really thought about that for a while. I mean, there's a long history of that, and a lot of movies that are considered great or that you you yourself even love have a lot of those in it. You know, I mean, I'm sure even Lawrence of of Arabia isn't a a hundred percent pedantic about what actually happened with that guy. I can't comment. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Lawrence of Arabia. We have this discussion every time. No, I have not. And then you're like, we can't watch it on the TV because you have to go to the cinema and like that never happens. I I don't necessarily feel that strongly about that point, Uh but you do need to see it at least once. We need to remedy that one day back to Tetris. Yeah. All right, so we recommend you seeing the movie, yeah? Yeah, I do. <laughs> You're less enthusiastic than when you started. Um, I'm so sad now. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, the good outweighs the bad regardless for both of us. Whether you give it a 7 or I give it an 8, that's that's pretty uh, heavily weighted towards the good. And so it is on Apple TV+. Plus. If you haven't seen the movie, we recommend you check it out. If you have seen the movie by this time... 
then come along with us to the spoiler discussion. It sounds like Shanna has a few things she wants to discuss in spoilers starting now. All right, Shanna, what what did you think about the film that's worth uh, bringing up uh, after the first 20 minutes or so? Oh, man, I don't know. I'm so thrown off now. Uh, I'm going to try to, like, get back to focus. So I guess I want to I wanted to speak about how thrilling they made something that was so, you know, could have been boring. The, oh, the copyright. Yeah, so the, the copyright was so interesting because uh, how they started with the copyright is like, oh, you get to have it on a computer and it wasn't defined mm. uh, well enough. It was like, you could argue it was less than a page, the the copyright document. The the actual definition the of what is a co- computer. Yeah. And so the person that had the rights at first was kind of running with it mm-hmm. and just doing whatever he wanted. Mm. And that was interesting how mm. he took advantage and then he was giving some of the rights to another person and it's interesting how that wasn't like double checked mm. and just fascinating just between those two alone and then Edgerton comes in and he is trying to get just a piece of the copyright and it turns out like the Russians had no idea yeah. that it was it was going this far and I wonder why they didn't know maybe because like during that time and i don't know what it's like now maybe during that time like communication was like so low there's no way they could have been they could have known and so it's interesting that it now comes to their attention and how they deal with trying to hash it out to see what went wrong their investigation essentially they divide the three people into different rooms and Mm -hmm. no one knows that the other one is there until later yeah and that is just so freaking fascinating so just the you know, the drama of coming in and out of each room after yes. getting the piece of information they need is just fascinating. And like, we don't see the Russians, the Russian characters emote right. at all. And I guess that's like a mechanism that they have to develop because of, you know, what they're living with. Oh. And it's so funny when something gets mentioned about money. Like the person, I guess, from the KGB that's listening bursts out laughing. Do you remember what gets said? No. That made her laugh? I think it was really more about like Rogers tries to make the argument that this isn't about money at this point. This is about showing the world what Russia is stands for. You know, more of like an ideal oh, okay. sort of thing, and uh, and that I think that was what was met with laughter, even by the um, people who were surveying. That was so in. funny that that was what got them to emerge. Yeah. Like anyway, that uh, was a really great sequence. You're right. So good. Yeah that that whole sequence of going into room to room between Toby Jones and and uh, Taryn Edgerton and 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 such. Uh, that whole negotiation si- situation was fantastic. Well, I loved how each character was different, right? So Edgerton was trying to help because he's like, look, I would, re- I really need the rights for such and such. Right. Let me help you. And he like helps define the contract, tells he, them where the loopholes are. Yeah. Reads so, through it and actually explains to them what the contract yeah. says and what they did. Yeah. He actually leverages his situation by actually being of 
help. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> really, assistance. I really, really loved. I loved that. Yeah. so much. And then the other one is desperate, and then the other one's entitled. Yes, which I enjoyed I seeing mean, too. I wouldn't say Rogers is desperate necessarily at that point, but the other one's definitely entitled. Yeah. Yes. Oh my yeah. god. So I loved. I loved seeing the three different sides and mm. how, like the. I don't know what what his title is, but like the person investigating this and trying to, I guess, hash it out, how like neutral he was the whole time. Uh huh. And then I loved uh, seeing Alexi and his family and yes. learning about, oh, you can't have foreigners in your home. And I thought that was interesting. I didn't to, know that. To clarify, this is the guy who actually created the game. Yeah. And seeing his little story, even though it was just a couple minutes long, like how he made the game mm -hmm. and because of how the country is run, he doesn't own the rights. The country owns the rights to the game. So that was one of the things I was going to bring up it, that I thought was really cool is one of a couple things that was in particular really cool is how they bring up the difference between communism and capitalism mm. very simply, which is that, well, the reason why Alexei gets fuck all is because this is a communist country and the idea of Alexei getting some sort of compensation is a capitalist idea. Mm. And that was like, oh, yeah, like that didn't even occur to me because I knew as far as I understood, Alexei, like, like he got screwed out of the whole thing somehow. I didn't have the particulars of how mm -hmm. it was. That he, he got screwed out of and, and just did not in any way profit off of his game that he created. Mm -hmm. But that uh, that statement like clicked so perfectly. I, I thought that was a real eye opener. And there was there was something else that while you're talking, I'll try to remember that I was thinking about earlier. That was also a really great thing that this that this movie illustrated, too. It's so hard for me to understand communism because I feel like when you just look at the definition of it, it, it just doesn't compute in my brain. Huh. So to see an actual example, like a comparison, a contrast was very helpful for me. And I, I just I thought that was fascinating. It was really cool how the film also speaks to from uh, the Russian perspective in the sense that there is a comment at some point late in the film where someone says, like, this isn't what communism is supposed to be, but this is unfortunately what it's become. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you kind of see that with the Sasha character and then the one that calls her a whore. Mm -hmm. um, between those two characters. And I guess the, the character trying to tease out what's going on. Mm -hmm. So like Sasha and the tease out character, they're they're trying to make communism work for everybody, whereas the other person is trying to make it work just for him. The character you're mm -hmm. you're speaking oh, of, okay. who's the official, is Oleg Stefan, who plays Nikolai Belikov. I really liked him. Yeah, he's kind of the uh, bureaucrat uh, in between. Uh, kind of stuck in between the KGB and his own department and trying to do what's right for the country as far as he's concerned. Uh, the the other guy who plays the KGB, I'm not seeing right away uh, because that's just how IMDb's cast listing is. So weird. So it's very frustrating. But I think it was Nikolai who made the statement I was thinking of okay. about 
about like it was either that or the guy who played not Boris Yeltsin, but the um the guy before him. Oh, I'm totally blanking on the leader of the country. And you don't know either, do you? I mean I can see him. Yeah, yeah. Gorbachev, Gorbachev, go. Gorbachev. It was either Gorbachev or Nikolai Belikov who who said the statement about like this isn't what this isn't what communism was intended to be, but this is what it's become thanks to some some I want to say corrupt people or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. Um. And also like the perspective of like them being on the cusp of the end of the Cold War and like mm. them having this feeling of there being a change coming down the line very soon for the country mm. that things that like the the control or the the, the structure how things have been is kind of is slipping away because i don't remember exactly what year this is set in did you did you Um, uh catch no and i i will say i don't know enough about russian history Mm -hmm. to to know exactly what you're talking about okay uh it takes place in 1988 so it's literally a year before the fall of the berlin wall which signified the end of the cold war so okay you know it's it's very much like right at the end there of all of that and then with that uh the soviet union crumbles and and the whole structure of the company country i should say changes too with boris yeltsin taking over so at any rate not to get too bogged down in the history um, I, I just thought that that was really interesting, that it, it kind of shared some of that perspective, too, from the Russians. So the Russians weren't 100% like bad guy. You know, there's really like only a couple exceptions, but there's also like some European bad guys or like you know what was nice about this film is it was pretty equal in its representation of it doesn't matter where you are in the world it doesn't matter what country you're in it doesn't matter what system you're under Mm. there are good guys and there are bad guys and it was i you know i felt like it was seen pretty equally yeah there are victims and then there are people fighting for each other is there anything else you want to speak to about the movie no I, i mean i guess not all right so those are our thoughts on apple tv plus's tetris what did you think about the film? Feel free to email us at thegibsonreview at gmail.com. Shanna, before we talk about the rest of the movie lovers, why don't you share with people where they can find you online? You can find me on Instagram, Shanna Paxton Photography, or Flickchart, Spellbinding A. Go to thegibsonreview.com for all articles, reviews, favorite lists, past episodes of the movie lovers, and so much more. There's a lot to mine there. Also, follow on social media, facebook.com slash the Gibson Review, the Gibson 99 on Instagram. At time of recording, we are finishing up a bracket poll for your favorite classic TV show. It's come down. I, I can't believe this. It's this so surprising. It's come down to Get Smart and Batman. Batman. As- come on, Batman. The, these this, these are shows. There's a bracket of shows that are most popular in the 50s and 60s. Get Smart and Batman are in the final round. I never would have thought Get Smart would get this far. It's not a, it's not a show I he, I've heard anybody talk about since the the movie adaptation came out like 15 years ago with Steve Carell and Anne Hathaway. So it's really fascinating to see how much love there is for that show. I wonder if it's going to win. 
you will know by the time of this recording. And by the time of this recording, we'll probably be having a favorite 70s TV show bracket. I already have that all structured, just ready to be put public. So go to the Gibson 99 on Instagram to have fun there. All right. Next time on The Movie Lovers, it's our Film Faves episode. It's our last Film Faves episode. If you listened to the last episode, the previous episode of the podcast, you heard the announcement. And a manic Shanna. <laughs> yes, that too. But it, we will be talking about our favorite cartoon shows. These are not all things animated, just animated TV shows uh, throughout the history of all time. Whatever. Our, our favorites. That includes... Hanna-Barbera, that includes Fox Kids, that includes superheroes, that includes... Cartoon Network. Cartoon Maybe. Network. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Cartoon Network. HBO animation. Filmation. Um, yeah, I guess. HBO, yeah. Um, but all the primetime stuff, you know, all that sort of stuff. Adult Matt Groening. Whatever. Includes all of that stuff. Boiling it down to Disney shows. our respective 12 favorite cartoons. That is next time. You can look for that. On Tuesday, May 9th. And then, after that, we'll have our final Week in Review episode. And then the week after that is our is episode 175, our final episode of The Movie Lovers. Until then, keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shanna saying... Bye-bye.